everything clicked and I shifted and reframed my relationship with what had happened. And I went from being a victim to being empowered. Um, I'd love to tell you guys the story of how that happened. Girl, the floor is yours. <laughs> okay. This is my favorite episode. I knew you'd love her. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Girls Gotta Eat. Welcome back. It's 55 degrees and windy. Ashley walked to the window. She's like, it's crazy out there. I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll get the weather report. That's great. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get to talk about it. There was it. a light sprinkle on my way over here today. The wind, though. <laughs> God damn. My hat blew off. Speaking of. Like I was in an old-timey movie. <laughs> <laughs> like a black and white film. My hat. My hat. It just blew into a homeless person, though. You're like, um, can I... <laughs> Get that maybe bag in a puddle of pee. They're like, it's mine now. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about some sponsors. Uh, thanks to Stitch Fix for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. However you dress, the stylist at Stitch Fix can help you find your new favorite piece. Get started at stitchfix.com slash GGE to try Stitch Fix and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. Also, thanks to FabFitFun for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box of full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. Use the coupon code GGE for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. Had a little trouble with Stitch Fix there, did you? Wow, that is a mouthful. <laughs> is that just me? I don't know. Stitch Fix, Stitch Fix. No, it's not. Nope. It's hard. Okay. Thanks to BioClarity for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. BioClarity is a clean and green skincare brand that has products that just work. Save 15% off everything on their website. Just enter code GGE at checkout. Also, thanks to Third Love for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash GGE to find yours today. Okay. All right. Got a great episode today. Oh, man. Introduced Ashley to her new favorite person. You guys, as as usual, this has just been kind of the routine lately is we're recording with, we record when we can with these guests and then we go back in and do the intro as, t- as close to the episode release date as possible. So we did record with her yesterday. Uh, Are you okay? Amy Chan. She's wonderful. She's so good. I feel totally comfortable hyping this episode in this intro because it is that good. It will live up to any expectations you may have. I'm so, so excited. She was talking. I was just staring at her in awe. Both of us were in tears, choked up. So if you guys are longtime fans, we did an episode a long time ago um, called How to Get Over a Breakup Now. And it's still one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. We talked Mm -hmm. about our terrible breakups and how we sort of recovered from them. But that was just about like you and me and how we came back from that. Amy Chan has this whole business called Breakup Bootcamp. And she really comes from like a really like clinical background of how to deal with breakups and what's going on in your body. And I love the way she spoke about it. And so that's what she's going to do on our episode today. Yeah. You guys just, I know y'all are going to be crying in your car because I was, or wherever you are, we started to tear up. And when she was talking, we were like, this is my, I'm like, this is my story. This is Raina's story. I'm not, not, you know, detail by detail, not the same, but like, I, this is how I felt. This is how Raina felt. This is how we know everybody that's listening has felt at some point. If you've dealt with a breakup or heartbreak and it is okay. Beautiful episode. start (laughs) But we can't wait to get to her. So we're going to talk about some other stuff first and then we will get into it with her. And a brand new game also brought on by one of you guys as well. Okay. Um, we, are we were a we 
last week, if you're listening to this on the 28th, we were away last week for live shows um, in Charleston, Atlanta, and Charlotte. So thank you guys for coming. We will do an intro and talk about those shows next week. Yeah, we're recording this right before we leave. So we'll tell you everything that happened when next week. Yeah. All right. Um, you know what I forgot to talk about on last week's episode is that I tattooed the name <laughs> of our business on my body. And I was just like, nope, nothing else to talk about. <laughs> yes, you got tatted up. You're inked up. You've been, I, you've been inked up. This is my eighth tattoo. Eight. It's my favorite of all of them. Um, the girl who designed That would be really weird if it wasn't. <laughs> what if my, you just now were like, it's my third favorite? <laughs> my back tat that sort of looks like a bullseye is my favorite. Oh my God. Um, I went with Andrew Collin, who's been the most repeat guest on this show ever. <sighs> um, he got one that said jackpot and continuously yelled jackpot in my face cool, for cool. the day. Sounds like a dream. Um, I got it on my upper left arm. Uh, my most embarrassing tattoo is a giant crown on my thigh. Yeah. It's really humiliating. My name means queen um, in a lot of languages. So I was like, oh, I'll just get a crown, but I'll get it when I'm drunk at two o'clock in the morning. And you guys, what Raina's is trying to say is that she was saying yes, queen, before anyone else was. <laughs> what, how old were you? 19? Pouring out of my bo- Please. I wish I was 19. It was like two years ago. Raina. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Yikes. The face that she's making right oh now. Oh my God. I it didn't was like know four, that. Yeah. It was like four years ago. It was right before I met you. So I'll just address the elephant in the room I, I did not get a tattoo oh, yeah, people keep asking yeah and so it. it's just I don't have tattoos if I even had one mistake of a tattoo that I got when I was 18 I would have got the tattoo with you I just it's like I've come this far with no tattoos it almost feels like I don't want to say an accomplishment but I'm just like I don't know I just I'm good I'm not a tattoo guy I don't know a lot of people that wake up in their 30s and start getting tattoos like I started the day I turned 18 well except Andrew Collin <laughs> How old is he? Thirty nine. He got his first tattoo. Doesn't care about his body. What's he doing? I know. It's kind of funny that this is. He's just started getting tattoos at his age. He's always not cared. Yeah, but he's he's the opposite now. He's like past the point where he cares about that body. He's like whatever. Do he has a great. But he's. I don't know though. Andrew had like a glow up. Are you into Andrew now? No, but from when I met him to now, yeah, he does look good. Yeah, he looks great. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people ask me if you got the same tattoo and, um, I'm not mad that you didn't. I never expected you to. Well, you're supposed to go with my brother. So mm, I had to tell him, had to break the news to him. Uh, I don't know. It's still, I'm not saying it's completely off the table. I love the way yours looks. I don't know if I would get it there. I've always thought if I was going to get something, it would be on my ribs, like right under where your bra or your bikini is. Well, that inventory is taken up on both sides of my body already. Okay. I got both wrists. I got both rib cages. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not off the table, but yeah, I just, I, the reason is just cause I just don't have tattoos. Yeah. And I'm not mad about it. I don't care. I didn't even, I didn't even bother to go with you. <laughs> so Raina got a tattoo. Yes. What else are we talking about? Oh, probably let's just talk about some doorman dick. I can't stop smiling thinking about your doorman. I like walk in here and I'm like, hey, what's up? I know all their names. I was like flirting with your guy yesterday and I was like, I heard that you guys had to start wearing uniforms, but like you're breaking the mold, huh? You're in like your sweater vest. He is so hot. Okay, he's hot and we got a new one that you flirted with. I feel like this is a funny story. I came over here yesterday morning and you were like running late. And so I decided I was going to, we had a, we spoke at a panel discussion, which is great. I was wearing flats. I wanted to change in heels. I wore really high heels, like not 10 a.m. heels for yeah. sure. Um, so I, I'm, I put those shoes on in the lobby and he looks at me and goes, oh, those are some last night shoes. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me. And he was like. He was like, those are some high shoes. He's like, those look good. I was like, does the rest of my outfit look good? And he was like, no. 
He's nagging you. I think he has a thing for you. He's that guy is kind of hot too. We were flirting off a storm while you're upstairs. Well, the funny thing is, I feel like you have two that you flirt with, and they are different than the one I flirt with. This is great. This is perfect. One of them is half black, right? The one that I really like. You think he's mixed? The two I feel like that you flirt with are like beautiful caramel skin. <laughs> I keep wanting to say his name, but I can't. Like, I just don't want to say his name. He is such a sexy brother. Yeah. <laughs> brother yeah. God, do you, I'm sorry. There's a difference between <laughs> girls that have dated black men and girls that haven't. And the ones that haven't talk like you. Anyway. <laughs> No, I just like that Middle Eastern dick. That's where I'm you like them because they're like brown. Ooh, I love brown. Basically, man. I just um, I'm really into facial hair. The guy I made out with yesterday has great facial hair. I'm really into dark facial hair, thick facial hair. The guy I made out with, we talked about him last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? we're gonna get into this now, guys. Um, he did the most offensive thing. I cannot believe it. I am still <laughs> shook by it. Raina sent me this text exchange between them, and he asked you to come do a tough mutter with him. <laughs> Raina, I knew you for five minutes on the beach of Aruba and I knew that you didn't do tough mutters. How, how did you spend an evening with this guy and he thinks that's an acceptable question to ask you? Also, how many times in this podcast have you slammed guys that do tough mutters? That last week. That, I literally <laughs> said last week on the dating app thing, you, we were talking about if you exercise a lot, you should put that forward. And I was like, I'm not swiping on marathon finish line guy. And you were like, what did you say? You were like, like guys that are into CrossFit. And I was like, tough mutters. If you do tough mutters, we're not dating. You have said those exact words more than once. Recently. I was just telling Raina, I'm like, there's three levels of tough mutter guy. There's, hey, I do tough mutters. And you're like, cool. Knowing deep down, I don't give a, sh- I don't give a shit. Maybe you're not for me. Second level. Hey, I got this tough mutter. You should come hang. That's level two. <laughs> Top level. Level three. Come do it with me. <laughs> How can he think you would ever do something like that? I don't know. He only hung out with me one time and then later also. But but I feel like you show who you are up front. Like, I can't imagine you were giving off Tough Mudder vibes. Okay, okay, explain to me what Tough Mudder vibes are. I don't really know. You're, there's mud and it's, 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 it's everything you wouldn't want. It's not even just a regular race. It is like in the mud, crawling under barbed wire, fucking climbing over walls, like army shit. Here's the thing. I can understand if he was like, Hey, I'm doing this 5k this weekend. You should come. That's acceptable. You would still be like, no, I'm not. I don't do that. But a tub mutter is a whole different level of fitness <laughs> and dirt. Like there's a picture of Corey from she, Corey's done a few uh-huh. or she did one or whatever. It was, there was a picture. I think it was her sister on the front page of like the Delaware state news with a mouthful of mud <laughs> crawling under a barbed wire. Right. I'm not mouthful of mud girl. <laughs> I'm not wet barbed wire. Army girl. crawling under barbed wire. Also, let me just ask you what you think about this because this is something I'm so I find such an aversion to. I know other girls. I would never, in the beginning of a relationship, go on an exercise date. I know some girls are different. It's not for me. Yeah, I need to live in an illusion land with you for at least a month, where you think I just look like this all the time. I know. I don't want to be sweaty and panting, no makeup, all nasty and greasy in front of somebody who I want to fuck later. If you want to do it. Great. Well, it's now I'm me. thinking back because you guys remember Dewey's dad, the guy that carried Dewey down a flight of steps. You all went and stalked that Instagram. We went on, we went and did yoga together and never heard from you him guys again. still together. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> never heard from him again. He was like, oh, wow, she is sweaty. How's that working out? <laughs> I'm agreeing with you, bitch. You don't need to no, roast me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just think it's not for me. I am a girlfriend who like exclusively goes on first dates. Fitness stuff. Fitness stuff, always. Because it's such a big part of her life. She works out every single day. And so she's like, yeah, I'm here. This is, I have like cute workout stuff. I have cute workout hair. This is a big part of my life. But it's like a big part of your life. I, I had a guy that we did not work out and he really was so into me doing that stuff. We talked about him. He was a rock climbing guy. And he wanted you to rock climb Yes. I don't hate that. No, Indoor like rock go, climbing to the, in, real. go to the rock climbing gym. And I was like, I just don't want to go. Like, I just don't want to go. You like, look defeated. And I, I hate, I don't want to go. We can have separate. The reason why I feel like my parents' marriage works, they have separate hobbies. My dad skis all ski season long. My mom does not go. Like, I just don't want to go to your dumb rock climbing gym. I think I don't want to either. I'm, I mean, I don't want to. I'm trying to think of a scenario where I'd like enjoy it. We, and then we did a race. We did do one race together. I did the half marathon. He did the full marathon, but wow. we didn't run it together. He was like trying to do it for speed. Like we started it together and then he like ran off and I was like, this is stupid. Why am I here? <laughs> we didn't need to be on this journey together. It's not for me. So I'm but glad anyway. that you roasted me about this because he asked me while we were out the other night and he asked me again today, like, I really want you to do it with me. And I was like, motherfucker, no. Yeah. Where do you even do a Tough Mudder in, in New in York? The, around New, is it like close to New York? Probably. I don't know. New kind Jersey? Upstate? Upstate, maybe. Yeah, that's a good call. I'll hang out with you after the Tough Mudder. After you shower. After you've gotten the mud out of your crevices. Well, I'm not touching any crevices just yet. That's, that's true. Well, we'll see by Saturday. You know, it's still early in the week. It's Thursday, you know? Oh, you still got to hate him by Sunday. Yeah, I'll hate him by Sunday. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. The Tough Mudder's probably on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Saturday, so he'll do something terrible after the Right, he'll fuck somebody else Sunday. at the Tough Mudder. He'll fuck the girl that went with him. <laughs> <laughs> the one that actually agreed to go with him. That is such a dude move, like a terrible New York City dude. He's like, you don't want to go. <laughs> I, try, I tried to hang out with I you. I tried to hang out with you and make you do this thing that you have an aversion to and you didn't want to go, so I fucked somebody else. <laughs> Blame you somehow turns it around on you completely. There's you're over here crying like I should have done the tough mutter. There's this thing in the um in the Facebook group. I don't know if you read this about this girl who like this guy made these like half-ass plans with her like twice. It's in our Facebook group. This girl posted the screenshot. Yeah, it was something like he had like asked her to have plans, but it was like, hey, like I'll be around later. Oh, yeah, I'll be out, and I'll, you know. Anyways, she was like, hey, like I'm trying to hang out with you, and he's like, but I keep trying to hang out with you, and you won't commit so to it. It's crazy. like, no, you didn't. Yeah, it's so crazy. Men are like, but I tried. <laughs> The other day we were talking with this guy that did that to Raina like last year and he's kind of like been absent again. And (laughs) I was like, Raina, you cannot fall for this again. And she goes, I know, I know. And I'm like, but you realize this happened so many times. And she was like, fool me once. And I'm like, bitch, (laughs) fool you once was a year ago. (laughs) It has been fool fool me seven times. times. I really let him crawl back in. But you, the way you said fool me once, like you knew you were lying to yourself. No, I didn't. I thought I was being honest with myself. I was like, you know, he did this once, fool me once. This is the second time he's done it. And you were like, are we forgetting the last year and a half of you guys? <laughs> All right. So this is Raina's embarrassment hour. So let's keep it going. <laughs> but you have a, you have something funny to share. And then I'm going to share a similar, similar-ish story. Um, I do, I'm enjoying, I don't care. I'll always be the butt of the joke. Um, <laughs> I woke up Saturday morning. I, I don't know what even happened. <laughs> 
I've never FaceTime anybody. I'm, <laughs> you're my best friend for years. I do not FaceTime anybody. No, no. I'm hungover. I'm walking around my apartment. I don't know how my phone and my hand betrayed me so terribly. Oh my God. I, I opened up FaceTime and FaceTimed <laughs> the guy that I dated this summer. <laughs> and I let it ring three full times. Just, I didn't know how to turn it off. It just kept ringing. I've never used FaceTime except for with him. <laughs> And I was like, I texted Ashley, I was like, I have to move. Well, I was walking the dogs with my family on our farm and I got a text that says, I'm going to kill myself. And I was every stop. I was like, mom, hold on. And of course my mom knows your story. And I was like, told her what happened. And even she was like, oh, <laughs> your mom. It is so embarrassing. And you're like, how do I recover from this? You're like, do I acknowledge it? Do I text the person? Don't read into this. Do I just hope that they don't read into this? Thank God this wasn't midnight. Like there's plausible deniability. 11 a.m. on a Saturday. This was not on purpose. That is so true. Because you, if you had done that anything after 10 p.m., and tried to walk it back and say it was an accident. He wouldn't believe you. It, he would have been like, she was drunk. Absolutely. And she misses me. And there was no other explanation he would have had. Absolutely. I was like, how do I walk? Do I acknowledge it? So I, he texted me. But hey, like hours later, right? A lot of hours later. This is like 11 a.m. I think at five o'clock. Well, you said the funniest thing to me. What? You said, <laughs> I'm going to die if he writes, if he texts me back and writes, hey, I saw your missed call. I really don't think we should be talking. <laughs> it was my worst nightmare. That he would like that say would, that. Because he would say something would like say that. Because like he's like so serious and yep. angsty. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see him hitting me with the like, I think it's unhealthy. I'm seeing somebody now. <laughs> and- <laughs> he hits you with the, Rain, I'm seeing somebody now. As <laughs> if I would care. Can you imagine? You texted me later and was like, hey, I saw you called. Like, what's going on? And I was like, you know, I just missed you. No. But I ran through so many funny things. I could oh, like the funniest scenarios yes. I know. Like, well, so it was 11 a.m. our time. So 9 a.m. his time. Like, can you imagine if he saw that in real time? He's like, what the fuck? I know. He probably did see it. And he was like, I'm not answering this shit. He's probably in bed with his girl, new girlfriend. Does he, you think he has a new girlfriend? He definitely does. I don't know. Someone's I'm, more I didn't, mean, I didn't mean that to sound snarky. You don't, I know you don't care. What about him? Yeah. Oh, I don't care. I just would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, he hit me with, um, thank God, just, he's a nice guy. I'd roast him, but he's a nice guy. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. He's fine. He was just like, hey, what's up? I signed this your call. And I wrote back, totally an accident while the app was open. Hope all is well. Perfect. And I, I, I said, hope all is well with an exclamation point because I just, I don't want to open up a conversation. I wanted to be clear. This wasn't like a, so how are you? Girl, hope all is well is the conversation ender. Right? It's my favorite thing to say. It's the mic drop, right? Yeah. Has anyone in the history of hope all is well ever been like, I am well. So anyway. (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. Um, So things have been, anyways, but you did this thing. What is so funny. I can't believe it even happened. I don't even know how, like this is plausible that this happened to me by accident. Like my thumbs got all fumbled. You had to like, you tell your story. This story, this happened one time the accident that happened on the iPhone, which I'll get to. I, I've never done this since, never did it before. I mm-hmm. can't believe this happened in this moment. And, and again, in the moment, I was like so mortified and like, oh my God, but it's hilarious. Well, like, it was hilarious also in the moment, it was whatever. Um, the story is just, I had the situation with an ex of mine and we had been talking 
and things just kind of went badly. I, I told this whole story on the episode, so you got blindsided if you listened or if you care to go back and listen. Um, whatever. We kind of had this thing. It ended kind of badly. I felt a little bit burned, a little bit hurt by the whole thing. Nothing devastating. Like we, we'd been broken up, but we had this final conversation in which I was like, I just don't think it's a good idea that we talk. This was over text message. He said some things. I said some things and that was it. And about two weeks later, I was debating whether I wanted to email him and write this email. And I was writing out this email, whether to send it or not. And I went back to the text to reference the conversation. Like there was something I wanted to like be clear that I was writing in the email. And the text that I was looking for was this text from him that said something along the lines of, I didn't intend to hurt you, or I didn't mean for it to turn out like this. Basically, I didn't mean to hurt you along those lines. And somehow I thumbs downed it. I, from weeks ago. Weeks. Weeks. Buried in there from weeks ago. Yeah. Luckily, it was our last conversation. Like, I hadn't had to scroll back that far. But 10 days, I think 10 days to two weeks later, after we had ended our communication, thumbs down. I didn't mean to hurt you. Thumbs down. <laughs> it's like you were sitting in your apartment and thinking, well, how can I neg this person in the funniest way possible? Down. And I can't even believe it. And I froze immediately. I was like, oh my God. And the two people I think to tell immediately this to are you obviously and Bobby Corey, second impression, Bobby. And, but before I did that, before I told you guys, I took it back immediately because my, so my thought was just, I I think it would show up maybe on your computer, on your, your iMessages, but I I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't have the answer. We could test it out. It doesn't matter because whether it works or not, he must have had his phone in his hand because he responded immediately. If you want to talk, we can talk. <laughs> what? Because that is the normal response to it. He's like this bitch. I, and he's then like I, this like, instigative little bitch. I never meant to hurt you. Thumbs down. Two weeks later. I, of all the things you could have thumbs but down. I was thinking accident. all the things I could have thumbs down. And also <laughs> I'm thinking of the other reactions, which would have been funny. Like I may, maybe thumbs down was the best. Like what if it was thumbs it up? So funny. Or the heart. What, is there, what else is there? The there, exclamation point. The points? exclamation point or the question mark would have been so snarky. <laughs> did you though? <laughs> but you did. The heart would have set, would have been crazy. I love this. Two weeks later. I love that you said that. You know, I just wanted to rehash something we put to bed two weeks ago. And I just like was, I, our relationship was so funny. Like I wanted to be funny, but I was upset and still mad and hurt, you know, at the situation. So I just wanted to be like, God damn it. And I think I said something along the lines of, I fucking hate my iPhone and myself. Like I did not mean to do that. And I may be sending you an email or not. Like, I don't know. And he was like, cool. And that was it. And that was the last time we spoke ever. So, uh, I just, I mean, I, I called you, I mean, I was laughing about it within the minute. I mean, it's so fun. You have that moment, like where you stand there staring at your iPhone, just screaming. Cause there's like nothing you can do. It's so embarrassing. And then you just got to laugh about it with your friends. You have to laugh about it. And also like, who cares if he thought whatever he thought, like that person, like fuck that person. Well, yeah. And I, you know what? I'm just wondering if I bet he still is like, she did that on purpose. It seems like he did it on purpose. <laughs> Because of the thing that you chose, do you know what I mean? Any other line that you chose, plausibly not something you did on purpose. That line on purpose. If you want to talk, we can talk. I no promise. I should have thumbs down that too. Oh my god, that is so funny. So I don't know. I think that if you do this by accident, just be nice. Because I wanted to be like total accident. Don't read into this. 
Yeah. But like that's bitchy and sounds crazy. Well, and you guys ended, well, I don't know. There was the whole email situation, but you just don't have any bad blood toward this guy. At all. But so I mean, it's really fine like, to be like Hopal as well. Yeah. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to open up the doors for a conversation, but yeah, I don't hate the person. Um, guys, do not DM us about times you've done this, but if you do have a hilarious story, feel free to email us. If we get enough, this could be a funny segment. We're not sure yet because I don't know if the stories will translate well yeah. enough, but uh, don't flood our DMs because again, we're just trying to keep them manageable. But if you have this hilarious story along these lines and you want to uh, email, email hello at com. Oh, that's funny. I like that. If you guys have anything, by the way, like is this weird and psycho power move, always, always email us so that we can put them in folders and track them. Yes. And uh, this intro is running long we want we know you guys want to get to the interview with amy uh stupid live shows.com girls got eat podcast.com hopefully new shows hopefully on the west coast announced next week i don't know we'll tr- we'll work oh, on yeah. it i don't at this point we just don't know exactly what we have for sale i'm gonna assume still new orleans <laughs> please come to new orleans uh check the website yeah um new york for the 19th has a couple of scattered like one-off seats boston should have a couple tickets left for Maybe Boston the second two. show in DC. I just, DC I, we're recording two. this kind of far out. So yeah. we just don't know, but, um, stupid live shows.com. And within the next couple weeks, West coast announcements, California. Yay. And, um, all right guys. Well, let's jump in. Um, so without further ado, we have somebody very special with us in the house studio with us and Dewey. She reached out to us. I got on the phone with her. I like, couldn't stop listening to her talk. She is a relationship columnist for the last over a decade um, for publications like the Huffington Post. She is the chief heart hacker of her own company that she started called the Breakup Boot Camp, which we will tell you guys about. She also has the best hair of anybody who's ever sat on this couch. Sorry, Ashley. Uh, oh, wow. Yikes. <laughs> it's a flex. Uh, so <laughs> welcome. see to- that coming. <laughs> I was like, how is she going to take this? Welcome to the studio, Amy Chan. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. We are so excited. Okay. It's because, Amy, you're Asian. <laughs> Obviously, that's the hair. Anybody that has any, I mean, what what is your nationality? I'm Chinese. You're Chinese. Okay. Anything that's Asian is the best hair you'll ever have. Like <laughs> that's just the rule. White on white is just not going to do it. Like all my friends are like, I'm half Asian. I'm like, of course you are. Your skin is perfect. Your hair is perfect. Must be nice. Yeah, I, I had to clarify that this is another white girl up in here taking my hair crown. I can't believe my parents had the nerve to breed with another white person. I'm just, I'm going to age terribly. There's nothing interesting looking about me. It's just like I'm in my 30s. I look like I'm 50. It's, it's all- Stop it. Sorry, we didn't know we were going to open with like race stuff but I was I, felt, are. I was triggered and like, I'll take the compliment on the hair your hair is incredible uh, oh. but I do want you to talk a little about what you do because um speaking with you you're very like clinical about the way that you speak about love and relationships you've you've researched this I mean I thought you were a psychiatrist when I was talking to you on the phone and you're not so how did you like amass this type of how did you become you talk about who you are yeah so ever since I was a little girl I was able to master everything friendships Asian. career yeah, the high achieving Asian. Um, but God the one thing I couldn't figure out was love. And so I set out to do what every, you know, high achieving Asian does, which is I'm going to study the shit out of this. Okay. And so I did. I became a relationship columnist at the age of 25. And I just dived into the science and the psychology of relationships because heartache after heartache, I couldn't figure it out. 
so you started writing about dating and relationships and then your story is really, should we talk about her story first? I, yeah, I'm dying to hear it again. I think Raina and I gave me the, the briefing and I mean, I'd heard, I'd heard of you before we talked to you, but I don't know the full story. I obviously haven't heard it from you. So I am dying to hear your heartbreak story, Amy. Yeah. (laughs) And the catalyst for how you like built this incredible business. Totally. So I, um, always had the mentality of date, date to marry. I mean, I, I would think I was dating to marry to from the age of like 12. Mm. Um, and then I finally thought my dreams were coming true. I fell madly in love with a guy living in Vancouver and um, we had our life set. We were going to eventually have children together. He was a business guy. We even talked about the fact that when we had kids, I would just write as a hobby. Um, so everything was set out for me and this plan and this dream that I had vied for since I was a little girl was finally coming true. And then one One day that reality of mine came crashing down and through infidelity, uh, our relationship broke apart. And when the relationship fell apart, I completely fell apart. I was so young minded at the time that I put pretty much all of my identity in him and in us. And when I didn't have that, I didn't know who I was. And not only was I mourning the loss of our relationship, I was mourning the loss of the future and this plan that I held on to for dear life. Um, And it was bad. I fell into depression. I had panic attacks. I had thoughts of suicide. And I thought I was going absolutely crazy. Yeah. I feel really choked. I'm just getting like really emotional because I just feel like your story is so many people's story. Okay. Keep going. Ashley and I are fully crying. I know. <laughs> I know. I see the tears. I, and you I'm know, also just thinking of our listeners, like there's girls listening to this in their car that are like, oh my God, that's my story. Yeah. I just had a panic attack yeah. <laughs> last night. You know what I mean? Totally. So. And it's- And it's, how, how old were you at this I time? I was 29 when it happened. Which is like, right. You're like, oh, I'm about to be 30. Like yeah. my life, I'm going to marry this guy and then we're going to have a family. And then of course- And conversely, like, I can't believe I have to start over at this age. Right. Totally. Girls are like, I'm so old to start over. You're not, by the way. But right. like, yeah, when my fiance left me at 28, that was my- thought. Anyways, please. Yeah. And, (laughs) and yeah, this idea that I, I wasted my time, my Mm -hmm. prime on you, how unjust, unfair the universe was. I remember like in a fit of another panic attack crying and asking God or universe or whoever was out there. I'm like, how unfair this is. Like I volunteer, I donate Mm -hmm. to charity. Why is this happening to me? And what I thought was the worst thing that ever happened to me, I can now look back in retrospect. And that was the best thing that has ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, it took me quite a while to get back on my feet and I tried everything, therapy, yoga retreats, meditation, psychics. And, um, it wasn't until about a year and a half later where kind of everything clicked and I shifted and reframed my relationship with what had happened. And I went from being a victim to being empowered. Um, I'd love to tell you guys the story of how that happened. Girl, the floor is yours. <laughs> okay. This is my favorite I knew you'd episode. Love her. I knew you'd love her. <laughs> I was like, Ashley, I just got off the phone with this girl. It's going to be our best episode. So, I mean, so yeah, after a period of time, the the immediate intense emotions started to subside. 
if you look at research, this usually takes around the eight week mark is when those crazy physical emotions right. start to subside. Like you feel in your body. Totally. Like I'm, I, I personally, when I'm in that place, I couldn't even like work out because my heart would start racing. I'd be like, I'm going to have a panic attack on a spin bike. Like yeah. this is bad. I could only do yoga. But like, it, I, like I always talk of it as like what, what's feeling literally in your body. Mm-hmm. When people are like heartbreak, it feels like a hole totally. <laughs> in your heart. Yeah. And you're flooded with cortisol and stress hormones oh and God. adrenaline. And so your 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 body is out of whack. So basically, if they did an fMRI study on your scan on your brain, they would see that the same part of your brain is activated as a drug user feeding for the next fix. You're physically in withdrawal. And so it's super important for people to understand what's happening during this time because you're actually not going crazy. Uh, your body is used to getting your doses of dopamine and oxytocin from this person, from the text messages, from the hugs, from the makeup sex. And then you don't get it anymore and your body's in shock and it's like, what the fuck's going on? Go and get it. Go scroll their Instagram, look at your text messages. Show up at their house. Show up at their house. (laughs) Maybe burn it down. (laughs) Show up at their house with the text messages and the Instagram. Keep telling the story over and over again. All these things is your way, is your body's way of trying to hang on and get that sort of a dose. And so eventually if you, if you stop contact, if you stop scrolling their feed, if you stop showing up at their house, um, (laughs) the neural pathways start to prune away. And that's when you start to kind of be able to get back into your body. And so that's what happened to me, but I was still one angry bitch. I was really horrible to date. I was super close for business. Mm -hmm. And this went on for about a year and a half where even though I was over the initial angst and anger, I was very resentful. And one day, a year and a half later, I was telling a friend of mine who I hadn't seen for a long time, and I was telling the story of the betrayal, of how awful and how unjust everything was. And he just stopped me and he's like, so Amy, does this story serve you? And I'm like, uh, no. He's like, okay, can you tell me some other times when he was loving and he was trustworthy and, and tell me some examples? And so I did. I was like, oh, well, there was this time and there was this time. I started smiling and laughing. And it was right then I realized that in my tunnel vision of making him the villain, all I could see was the darkness and the anger and the pain because that's all I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And we human beings are very great at finding evidence to prove whatever it is that you want to find. And so I realized that... I wasn't able to change the events of the hi- my history, but I could choose to change the story I was going to attach to those events. And I went home that day and I wrote him a letter of accountability on my, of my part, of the facts of what happened, not my interpretation of what I learned, um, of what I was letting go, of what I forgave, and what I was grateful for because, because of that breakup and enabled me to stop and say, whose dream was I trying to create? Was this just my parents' dream of mm-hmm. getting married by this age uh, to the entrepreneur or was it my own? And I was like, wow, I have a blank canvas. How am I going to paint this? And it ended up moving out of my hometown. I now fast forward, have my own company helping people with breakups. So it's amazing what can happen when your original plan falls out of place because sometimes the breakup is the shakeup you need to redirect your life. I mean, 
that's what ha- I mean. I I moved here. We started this podcast. I I have my breakup for to thank for my entire career and my life. And Raina, I mean, she ended an engagement. What would have happened if she just like married this dude? Yeah. And the first night we met, actually, we talked about this on last week's episode or two weeks ago. I'm um, about the night that we met, and like we had dinner, and then we went inside. We were with like a couple other women, and we just stayed up all night long talking about relationships. It's like what connected us was yeah. like these painful situations, but like it grew a whole business for us. But then here we are, these women that were thriving in our careers and sitting on the beach in Aruba talking about this stuff, you know, like something went right here Mm -hmm. for us to be here Mm -hmm. and doing this. I feel like I have so many questions about (laughs) just your story. So, okay. The two, the two months of this like body pain and all Mm. this stuff, people are asking like, well, I can't stop. Like I'm a crazy person. Like, are you of the mindset of you? Okay. Just deal, just go through it. Time will fix your crazy. Or do you feel like there are tools and tips for women to stop the crazy behavior? Or do you think you, you're just going to have to go through this? sis? Yeah. Great question. (laughs) So there's a, a few levels to this answer. Time doesn't heal the wounds that were buried beneath the original trauma, right? So when I look back at my breakup and how I fell apart into a million pieces, it wasn't because of that person. It was a Band-Aid that got ripped off of all of the wounds I never dealt with since childhood and the compound trauma. And so suddenly I had to deal with it and I pointed the finger that, oh, it's all your fault. It's your fault that I don't feel enough. It's your fault that I put my identity in us and it fell apart. It's your fault that my house completely crumbled down because you didn't love me enough or you didn't behave the way I wanted you to. Um, and that's what we deal with at, at Breakup Boot Camp. The women who come think they're coming to heal from their ex. They're not. It's recycled pain. We recreate the emotional experiences of how we were wounded as children. And so if we don't figure out what is a subconscious foundation of the wounds, the patterns, and the belief systems, we will create the same emotional experience just with different people. Mm-hmm. And so I think at a tr- time of a breakup, there's a few things. When you're feeling the the, the feels of the crazy, um, there's, certain, there's a tool that can help you with this and it gets better through time. And what you need to do first is you have an overactivated nervous system. So if you think about, say, a a gazelle in the wild, when they see something that could be possibly dangerous, they freeze. And uh, what's happening is they're being flooded with stress hormones. What they'll do is they'll eventually start shaking and then they'll they'll just completely gallivant off as nothing happened. Human beings are wired the same way. Mm-hmm. When we feel a threat and separation is a threat, um, that shitty Instagram pic that they've taken with some you know other person is a threat. Mm-hmm. We feel this this um, surge of angst in us, which is like your survival is at stake. So mm-hmm. you're flooded with cortisol and adrenaline. What you need to do is you need to let that get out of your body. Right. So the very first thing you want to do is do a state change. The quickest way to do this is excuse yourself to the bathroom and just shake. Shake, shake, shake for a couple of minutes. And what that's going to do is it's going to help your body rid the excess stress hormones. After that is when you can do something to start calming down. And very simply, the next thing to do is to take deep breaths. Uh, What I recommend is a three, five, seven breath. You breathe in for three, you hold for five, you breathe out for seven. If it's hard for you to remember that, just breathe out longer than it is than you breathe in. What that does, it starts to calm your nervous system down. So it's a two-part hack, which is really helpful because when you're feeling a surge of anxiety, it's pretty hard to just meditate your way out of it. You need to actually change your state. 
Um, well, you so want to act on it. That's you want to really like, you want to like send the text totally. or do the cra- or get in the car or mm-hmm. do the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. So I think where people go wrong, I've been there, is just going, just doing it. Mm-hmm. Like no deep breaths, no shake, no get it out of your body. Yeah. Because that's what Kelly would say to me. She's like, Ash, you got to get this out of your body for, you know, long term. It's like yoga and things like that. Exercise. But just like, yeah. mm-hmm. I think people are like, I can't, right. I'm going to do it. Right. I'm like, gonna I just need it. Like you have so many girls who are like, I'm just going to send the text. I don't even care what the response is. I just right. need to get it out. Because you're on drugs. You're like you, on. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You're in so like many a crazy friends, mode. So many friends of mine have like written that email and sent it. And they're like, I don't even care what it, what the response is. I just needed to get it out in the world. And then when you calm down the next day you're like oh fuck you feel worse so oh, we're yeah. gonna take a very quick break this conversation is not even close to being over but we're gonna talk about some of our partners for this episode okay we are talking about a new partner day i'm really excited about this one it's called stitch fix um, i've known about it for years i've never used it until they were a partner and i love it so what they are is they're an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing shoes accessories directly to you so basically the way you set it up is you take this online quiz and it takes about 15 minutes it talks all about like your lifestyle do you need stuff for work? Do you need stuff for working out? Um, what is your personal style? What colors do you like? What brands do you particularly like? What color? I mean, everything. Like, what kind of jeans do you particularly pick out? So you take this whole questionnaire... And then they have stylists send you stuff and you can say, you know, I don't want purses or I don't want shoes or jewelry. And they'll really, really customize it. You put all this in a profile and they have professional stylists pick all the stuff out that you like. Um, You can customize by how much money you typically like to spend on stuff. So if you like expensive jeans and not expensive sweaters, that kind of stuff. And then you get a box, there's five items and you open up the box, you pick what you want. You can stick it right back in a bag. If you don't want any of it, send it right back to them. Mm -hmm. It's a $20 styling fee. um, If you keep nothing, but if you keep everything, you get a discount on the whole box and the styling fee is taken out from it. If you buy anything that you get your feedback. Any of it. Which is so nice. Um, so, I mean, the styling part is free, basically. It's free. If you buy the clothes. And you don't get charged for any of it. So it's super simple. You go online, you say, here's the five things I got. And then they really want to know how they do your next box for you. So you say, I don't like this shirt because I don't like these pants because, and then I got a pair of pants I love, but I wanted a different size. All I had to mark was I'm returning this. I want a different size. Stuck it back in the mail. And I had a new pair of jeans in a couple days. Hand it to your doorman. Handed it to my doorman <laughs> who was not well-dressed. <laughs> hey, sir. Hot tip for you. Um, (laughs) Shipping returns and exchanges are always free. I cannot say enough good stuff about this. And again, you can spend as much as you want, really, because you will you will specify what type of brands you like and how much you like to spend. And we're going to give you guys discounts, of course. So you can get started today with Stitch Fix at stitchfix.com slash GGE to try Stitch Fix and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in the box. That's stitchfix.com slash GGE. Again, Stitch Fix. Stitchfix.com slash GGE. Guys, check it out. I absolutely love it. Okay. And we're talking about clothes. We're going to talk about what you wear under them. And that is Third Love. These are the bras that we love so much. They use millions of real women's measurements to design their bras with breast size and shape in mind for the best possible fit and incredible feel. More than 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. And there's this cute little fit finder quiz. We love the cute boobies on it (laughs) to figure out what's your perfect size. You order, you can try it at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. So take the quiz over 14 million 
million women have taken the quiz today. It's actually fun. And you're going to find out what size bra is perfect for you. Find your perfect bra. My The t-shirt bra on Third Love is my favorite one. I also have a lounge bra that I like to wear. I wear it to yoga. I don't know if I'm supposed to be wearing it to yoga, but I do. As far as returns, 60 days, you have to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, return it. Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need, which we absolutely love that. But I don't think a lot of people are returning them because they fit perfectly and everybody needs good bras. Comfort quality, straps that won't slip, tagless labels, no itching. God, I can't stand an itchy label. Lightweight, super thin memory foam cups, and they give back. So we have an offer for you guys. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash GGE now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash GGE for 15% off today. All right, back to Amy. Okay, we're back. Um, and you were talking about actual steps you can take. Is yeah. there something else after your three, five, seven breaths? Totally. So another thing, once you are back to a more rational state of mind, hopefully this changing your state and then deep breathing will help you, is to remember this. 90 seconds. 90 seconds is the amount of time that it takes for an emotion to actually move through your body. Anything extra is the stories that you're attaching to that emotion. 90 seconds. So what happens is when you feel that first emotion, whether that's anger or anxiety or the panic, we then go, oh my gosh, why is there uh, that person in the Instagram? Oh my gosh, what does this mean? Oh my gosh, they're living best life and I'm not. And then it keeps building and building and that thing turns into a huge mountain. And so what you need to do is understand that the emotional wave will pass. You just have to let it. And most of us are not trained to do so. We are trained to act on whatever that we're feeling, right? And so part of learning this whole process of emotional regulation which is going to be so helpful, whether it's about relationships or just life in general, is understanding the art of the pause. And in the beginning, it is very hard, but the more you practice, the better you get. And my suggestion is before you send that text, that email, that anything, hold on to it. You can do free form writing and write it all out to get it out of your system and make a pact to yourself to not send any communication when you are in low vibe. I love that you said this and something happened to me recently that I haven't talked about on the podcast because we were so in it, but I went through this breakup with this guy. Ashley and I talked about it on this great episode because you're not the one. And I had emailed him to basically end things and he didn't write me back for four weeks. And he wrote me back the morning we recorded the episode. And so I never talked about, you know, how I felt. And he, I get this email and um, immediately I opened it up and it's four pages. And like my immediate response was, because the whole thing was about how he felt bad. And I start ferociously writing and I'm like explaining my thoughts and my opinions and everything I said. And it, it was like a four page email back to it. And then I was like, okay, let me wait an hour to see how I feel. And in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not going to change how I feel. This is just how I feel. I let 12 hours go by, and then I was fucking pissed. Then I was like, I cannot believe you waited four weeks to write me back. Take your feelings and shove them up your ass. I was so mad. So then I wrote that email and I was like, I'm not going to change my mind. Like, this is exactly how I'm going to feel about this forever. But I didn't send the email. <laughs> and then the next morning, I swear to God, 24 hours went by because I was like, let me just wait. 24 hours went by. I woke up the next morning and I was like, I don't care about this. Like, I'm not mad at this person anymore. I don't care about this person anymore. Like, let's just turn the page and be done with it. And I ended up just writing back 
water under the bridge, enjoy, he was on a trip, water under the bridge, enjoy your trip. And like, I'm so glad that I waited because like all those thoughts and feelings I went through were not how I was going to end up feeling. And I haven't thought about this person since. Like I just genuinely don't care. So I'm, I love what you said about waiting because how I felt in the moment was not how I long-term feel, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Well, and I'm, I've tried to explain this not so eloquently on the podcast, so I'm so glad you're here. I think people may be hearing this for the first time, which I had to learn for, my, for myself a few years back of like, it is what you're feeling at that moment is not your real, what is it you're thinking all the, a different part of your brain even, right. like the frontal lobe or something when these things are happening. So it's actually not how you're going to feel in, I don't know, 90 seconds to... 24 hours, I guess. Yeah, remembering that your feelings aren't facts. Right. Ooh. Right? It's so simple, but like, oh shit, it's true. Yeah. And one of the exercises we do at Renew is we have the women tell their stories and I teach them how to tell their stories without re-traumatizing themselves. And they start off with their original story and their story is filled with interpretations and assumptions and the how dare you, you took four weeks, you must've been an asshole. Like all those things we fill in the blanks. And then we have them actually simplify the story with just the facts. And then you take out all those assumptions and the interpretations and the emotional charge gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So it's just, yeah, another thing to to remind yourself to take the pause, to understand our feelings aren't facts. You're not wrong for feeling them, but it doesn't mean that that is a fact of the situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. And are those your main steps? I think, yeah, there's that. And I think the best thing too after... um, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Avoid contact if you can. Basically, you have neural pathways that have been wired together for months, decades, years, and you need time for your neural pathways to start to prune away to create new ones. So you need a new reality without your partner in it. And if Mm -hmm. you're constantly going back to this person having makeup sex or even rehashing old arguments, Mm -hmm. you're not allowing those neural pathways to prune away. And so as much as you can, and sometimes you can't because you have children or shared pets or whatnot, Mm -hmm. what I would suggest then is just try to keep your interactions limited to whatever the logistics are, but don't add emotional charge to it. When you have great news, don't go to them. When you have bad news, don't go to them. Yep. We've, we did, I mean, I, a lot of it's stuff we've talked about. You, you always share these, these memes with them. Don't do it. Send it to your friend. You always watch the show together. Stop watching it or find someone else to watch it with. I think people get wrapped up in like, we had these things or these habits and traditions Mm -hmm how do I stop doing them? You just do. You're going to you're gonna have to. They're, you're broken up. Yeah. <laughs> I think people obviously have, a, this will obviously come up when you have a lot to drink, you know, and you're like, what's the what's the big deal? I'll just send the text. And right. I've actually, I'm so proud of me. I'm so proud of drunk me in the last like six months because when I sent that guy that email and I didn't hear back for weeks, Ashley and I went on a vacation and then I went on another vacation with my family and I was like, I'm going to be drinking continuously. I'm not hearing back and I'm furious. And I had to like look myself in the mirror and be like, do not communicate with this person while you are drinking. Like you will not be happy with it when you wake up. And like, I, I feel like when I'm drunk now, I'm like, I remember having that talk with sober me almost. And mm-hmm. just being like, you will not be happy when you wake up that you did this. Mm-hmm. And when you're drunk, like you think like, what's the big deal? But like, I don't know. I, it's a weird exercise, but I just looked in the mirror and I was like, don't do this. Good. And you're going to wake up and not Talk appreciate to yourself this. In the mirror. Also guys, yeah. move away, move to New York. That's what I did. Um, I just have one quick question for you that might be, I don't know if it's too personal. The infidelity, was mm-hmm. this a one-off thing or an affair? It was a one-off thing. Okay. Which with someone I, I knew. Which, oh, okay. Oh, well, that's, that's brutal. But yeah. I think for me, this is a different topic, but I just, 
I think if it was a long-term affair and you came home and lied to me every single day for however long, I don't know if I'd ever be able to get past the anger. I don't know. I mean, there's that's probably a different type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think you were able to reflect and be like, just because he did this thing, it, he's not a terrible person. I mean, is that something that you tell yourself now? We're actually really good friends now. Oh, okay. Yeah, any jokes you should have shares in my company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's probably listening to this right now. Shout out. Um yeah, I, I have a very different view on infidelity now. Okay. Back then, it was the worst thing you could ever do, and you're horrible, and the relationship is over. Um, I now have witnessed couples who have become stronger working through the infidelity because infidelity brought up issues that were in the relationship that weren't mm. discussed. Of course, I don't condone uh, infidelity. I think if you have a commitment to uh, a type of partnership and monogamy, I believe in honoring that. If I was to be cheated on in my current relationship, I don't think I would say it's completely over, okay. um, but it would be t- it would totally depend. Do you think you guys would be friends today if he had had like a full blown like months affair, other woman side piece coming home and like looking you in the face and being dishonest every day? Yes. You think mm-hmm. you could? Okay. Could have worked it? It wasn't the um, magnitude of what happened, which is why I have a different way of seeing my my relationship with my ex. Um, I have come to a place of complete gratitude because if that didn't happen, the entire thing, I would not be where I am today. And so I just have gratitude when I think about what had happened between us, uh, which might be might be crazy, but- I, I um, mean, no, <laughs> I think about that all the time. It's it's like this wouldn't, we wouldn't have this uh, well, if it my, wasn't for our exes. Absolutely. My ex, he sleeps at night wonderfully thinking that, well, I saw, I saw him recently and he was like, I just, I know I did you a favor by leaving you. And I just, I'm like, well, if that helps you sleep at night, buddy, whatever. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I love that. And I, I think it's also like an interesting message, which is like, you can get through trauma and if you want, still have the person be a part of your life. It's not for everybody, totally, but you can heal and forgive somebody for something that they've done to you. Yeah. And I like that message a lot. Um, we're going to take our other quick break to talk about our other partners for this episode. And we're going to be right back with Amy to talk about breakup boot camp. But first, Fab Fit Fun. This is a good way to get over breakup. Treat yourself to a Fab Fit Fun box. Absolutely. <laughs> we love Fab Fit Fun so much. We are still telling you guys about the fall box, which is the one that you're going to get right now. Uh, if you don't know, now you know that a Fab Fit Fun is a seasonal subscription box with full size beauty, fashion, fitness, and even tech products. I fully cannot get over what the stuff you get in a FabFitFun box. We actually just customized our winter box the other day and I was shook by the options. Like I, they just keep getting better I and better. I couldn't even get you to talk to me while it was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're not telling about the winter box. We're telling about the fall box, which is still so incredible and you can still get it. I think you should get it for a couple of the hot items that should be still available. The travel yoga mat. Love this so much. I've been bringing mine on the road. I do yoga on the road. I love to bring this travel mat with me. The ceramic straightener. Raina's been using the straightener. Loves the straightener. Every day. There is beauty products. There is these detox pads, earrings from Bobble Bar, aromatherapy, deep relax roller ball. We have a cheese board. You need that for your entertaining, your fall parties and 
tailgates, a must. The after spa hair towel wrap is a must. A skin valve, body boost gel, all kinds of good stuff. I mean, we can't say enough good things. And they support female founded business and they give back to charities. There's a charity that they support with every box, every season, and they sell out fast. So sign up for yours today. Still get that fall box. You can customize some of your items so you really get the perfect items for you. Back in the days of old, you couldn't get that. You sometimes the days get, of old? Listen, bitch, I've been having fat fun for five years. You didn't always get to customize your box. They were great, but now they're even greater because you get exactly what you want every single season. Amazing gift. I cannot recommend this for your mom, your sister, your best friend, yourself. Obviously, self-care, very important. Uh, we love it so much and we are giving you guys a discount. The boxes retail for $49.99, but they always have a value over $200. I personally think it's more like $300, but a value over $200. Use coupon code for $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com. That's $10 off your first FabFitFun box when you use code GGE at www.fabfitfun.com. Okay. And then Oof. speaking of taking care of that body, uh, we are talking about BioClarity today. BioClarity is a clean and green skincare brand that has products that just work. Their skincare line offers easy to use regimens with good for you ingredients that will give you great skin. So for me, I have normal to dry skin. I don't really get super oily, um, but obviously as the seasons change, I'll have to tell you guys how seasons work. Um, so that's what I use is the essentials routine. Uh, both routines consist of an easy to use three-step regimen. It helps improve the look and feel of your skin. It's packed with all kinds of detoxifying nutrients. It has Floralux in it, which is made from chlorophyll from plants. Um, the special ingredients also help with redness, hyperpigmentation. It evens out your skin tone and the texture. Um, and you'll only find Floralux in BioClarity. Even better, these products are actually affordable. For right now, our listeners, you can save 15% off everything on their website. That's an incredible deal, but you need to enter our code first at checkout, which is GGE. So go to bioclarity.com and get 15% off everything on their website when you use our code GGE at checkout. All right, we're All right, back. We're back. And so I love what you're saying about short term. In the short term, here's eight weeks. Here's what you can do to feel better. But I also would love to talk about like long term. Like, well, let's redefine your life. Let's figure out how to move on with yourself or with another partner. Um, if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. The quicker you can reframe your past relationship um, from a place of victimization to a place of empowerment is the quicker you're going to get rid of the suffering and move on to create a healthier life. And so the people come to Breakup Bootcamp, um, we encourage them to actually become like scientists and our exes reveal really important information on what's happening on a subconscious level. As I mentioned before, the emotional experience is going to keep repeating until you figure out what is that subconscious belief that's causing you to create these same scenarios. In my case, I grew up in a household where there was chaos all the time. My father was never around. He was a busy entrepreneur. I was trying to always earn his love and affection. If I got good grades, sometimes I would get that. And it was very inconsistent. And so that became what I was familiar with. That was my model of love. And so it's not any coincidence that every single person that I felt attracted to and chemistry with were people who were wounding me in the exact same way. And so 
I really encourage anyone who's going through a breakup or if you just are not happy with your relationship outcomes is to just assess what is the pattern? What is the emotional experience that keeps repeating? Are you resentful? Are you overgiving? Are you playing the hero and trying to save someone? Are you trying to change someone? Because chances are there's a belief system that's causing that behavior and that's causing that outcome to repeat. I'm shook by yeah. everything you say. <laughs> How do you do this? I mean, obviously break a boot camp and obviously I think in therapy, right? Yeah. So of course there's so many different healing modalities. So from therapy to hypnotherapy um, to psychedelics and you'll need to figure out what is the most helpful for you. Um, but I think just to start uh, before you get into all the professional services is really just taking stock of your relationship history. Right, like what did you do? Yeah, so if your relationship history hasn't been very healthy, um, it's possible that your chemistry compass is broken. So the, your chemistry compass is something I've coined that really points you into the direction of who you are drawn to. And so if you grew up with an unhealthy model of what love feels like, you are going to likely as an adult, keep going for people who mirror that same uh, type of uh, model of love as a child. So for example, if it's chaotic when you're young and you equated chaos with love, then it's likely you're going to get into relationships that are very chaotic. Or if you're in something healthy, you might self-sabotage or you'll think healthy mates are very boring. And so I knew that my chemistry compass was broken. And the way that this happened was just person after person, I was having the same experience over and over again. And I was really frustrated. And one day I uh, had a, a, a guy friend of mine reach out to me on Facebook chat and said, Hey, Amy, um, I know we've been friends for a bit and you know, it seems like we have very common values and a shared life vision of what we want in the future. And would you be open to exploring something on a more romantic sense? And I remember I was in the office and I had a physical reaction. I was like, oh my God. And, and my, my team was like, oh my God, are you okay? Was and this a negative or I can't tell if it's negative or it positive was, physical reaction. Repulse, repulse. This, this, I, was, I could feel that. I could feel I the repulsion. Repulsed. I could Who, feel it. He really spoke like that? This isn't your current boyfriend, no, right? No, it's not. Oh my God. And she's like, and that's my boyfriend. Hey, I was like, I'm not going to insult this dude and if this is your boyfriend. Who... I mean, who talks like that? I know. And you know what? He, he's an amazing guy. I don't, he's, I know guys that talk like that. Like they're, they're nice guys, you know, we're, we're used nice to guy. guys, not all, but being assholes. So right. he was like, I'm going to be nice and respectful and share the way I feel about this. And we're and like, all oh my God, God. Like, Ew. why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> right. So here's a guy who's intentionally wanting to date me, super respectful, articulate, and I feel disgust. That's not normal. <laughs> mm. It's a very abnormal reaction to the point where my team members are like, are you okay? They thought something wrong. They thought someone died. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I'm reacting to this, to this good looking, successful, nice guy, there's something really wrong here. And so I did what every relationship columnist does. And I did an experiment on myself and I set out to rewire my chemistry compass. Mm -hmm. um, so what I did was I said, okay, 
I am going to be open to going out on dates with any guy that um, intentionally wants to date me, is healthy, um, and like of the nice kind. Um, And that's what I did. I went on probably, I met seven different guys and I went on multiple dates. Um, And it wasn't working. And seven months went by, I was like, this experiment sucks. Like it's not working. Really? And then one day- These guys are boring. I'm like, this is so boring. There's no chemistry growing, fuck. Um, one day I was having dinner with this guy and um, it, early on in the beginning, I had communicated like, look, I'm not attracted to you, but like I'm open to hanging out as homies if you want to keep hanging. And he's like, no pressure. Like you, you're an awesome human. I just want you in my life. So I was like, okay, no pressure. <laughs> so I just, hey, I'm not attracted to you, <laughs> but if you want to hang as homies, he's like, God damn it. That's like the biggest boner killer I've ever heard. But he was like, I'll wear it down. I'm going to stick around and wear it down. If this is your boyfriend, of course, it's probably, it's it is, isn't it? And we're married. No, and then so basically we would just hang out as friends. And it was about eight months after this initial conversation, we were having dinner and it was probably the, yeah, seventh time I hung out with him. We were having dinner and I I remember this distinct moment when I looked across the table and I was like, I'm never going to suck your dick. Raina. (laughs) I think it's going to be the exact opposite. I'm on the edge of my seat. Amy, continue. Raina, God damn it. So I looked across the table and I just remember, I was like, you look hot. Oh I'm my like, God. I knew it. Nailed it. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And I felt attracted to him. And what I realized was that through time, I started to develop feelings for this person, not because of all the superficial stuff or the intensity mm-hmm. and the high, high, low lows that I u- was used to. It was because of his character and his mm-hmm. soul and how he consistently showed up and he was a good guy. And I didn't feel any pressure when I was with him because he was totally accepting that we were friends. And we dated for a bit and we didn't end up getting into a relationship and we're still friends to this day. Um, but that was the beginning of me being able to rewire my chemistry. Now, would that have happened if those seven guys before him didn't? No, because what was happening is I started to become more familiar with what healthy felt like. Mm -hmm. Human beings like what is familiar. And so I wasn't going to go from super toxic, dysfunctional attraction towards the bad boy, towards a person who was always unavailable to super healthy. It's just not going to happen that way. Degree by degree, my chemistry compass started to shift. And since then, the people I've been dating have been super healthy. And I'm now in a really healthy relationship with an awesome human. So we actually were talking about this in the car this morning, Ashley and I, on the way to this event, about like, can you love somebody so passionately and fight with somebody so passionately and have a super, I guess, quote unquote, unhealthy relationship? And then you meet the next person and you feel like it's boring because it's quote unquote healthy. Like, we're not fighting. There isn't that... I don't know. Like, do you think people, I guess my question is like, do you feel like people confuse drama and fighting with passion and love? And so when they find a relationship that's very even keeled, they think it's boring. Totally. And I I think this comes back to chemistry compass where, uh, and there's other terms for it. There's limerence, there's love addiction. Uh, We all have a degree of love addiction when we're in the throes of, you know, the beginning parts of love, which is obsession over the person, uh, the 
feeling of high dopamine rushes. Um, when the affection is returned, you feel amazing. And when it's not, you feel horrible. Some degree of this is normal. However, if you are on the other side of the spectrum and you're always chasing the high or you're always obsessive over someone and you're creating make-believe by putting fantasy in between because mm-hmm. you're actually not in relationship. You're not creating intimacy if you're in relationship with a fantasy. Um, this is unhealthy and this is dysfunctional. And it's hard because our love songs, our Disney movies, all of this stuff is telling you that the uh, Romeo and Juliet story is what love is. High, low, intense. Do you like me? Do you not love me? Uh, we're torn because our families can't stand each other. Mm-hmm. There's conflict. That is not what love is. And so if you equate an activated nervous system with love and you don't create awareness that that is dysfunctional, you are going to continuously have the same loop over and over again. Yeah. And I, I like used the word homeostasis earlier, which I just, I love that of like, did you, was your normal growing up? chaos and trauma and dysfunction. And I mean, I was in a relationship with somebody that that was their past and it wasn't with me. And I, I I went to therapy and I feel like she was, she was trying to get out of me. Like, do you subconsciously like the highs and the lows? And I was like, I do not. I hate this. Like I did not grow up fighting with people. I have never yelled like this in my life. Like I come from stability. I want stability. I missed the beginning when we dated and we were normal and not fighting, you know? And I, I just, I think a lot of people, that's not the case. They're like, yeah, this is my normal. And Mm -hmm. this is my, this is what I grew up feeling comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a whole nother topic of how you, rewire that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's what you just explained that you did, but I think some people have it worse, you know, yeah. and I I mean, how do they find a quote unquote normal, stable relationship, which yeah. is kind of just the rewiring. I, I think, you know, and I, I think a good tip for people that you can just even start reflecting on now is um, if you have a history of unhealthy relationships, um, take stock of what does healthy look like? Because if you don't know how it feels like, the very first step is to understand what is healthy on a cerebral level. So eventually you can create the experience and feel it on an embodied level. And so what I mean is by this, look at the past relationships that didn't work out and start to write down a list of what is unhealthy. Unhealthy is obsessive. Unhealthy is chaotic. Unhealthy is angst-ridden. Unhealthy is wondering, do they like me? Do they not like me? Um, All these things are characteristics of unhealthy. And then write a list of what does healthy look like? You might not have a romantic experience example, but I'm sure you can find example from friends or family um, and start writing down how that is because healthy love is, is the same, whether it's you're getting it from friends or family, it's, you know, like the less and the romance of it is just one form of the same thing, which is love mm-hmm. and healthy love is supportive. Healthy love is consistent. Healthy love is peaceful. It's calm. Um, it's, it's giving and receiving. It's generous. Uh, it doesn't give you this kind of crazy, you know, spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think that there are just people, though, that are incapable of that type of state? So, like, you know, you can look for all these things, like, unha- like healthy love versus unhealthy, but, like, there's always going to be men that just inherently... They don't want to be monogamous. They enjoy having a girlfriend and they enjoy cheating on their girlfriend. Like there are people that are just, do you think there's people that can just never give you that? I think that there's going to be people that 
I, I think you'll never be able to change someone else. And I think that the the person who wants to not ever be monogamous and keep playing, like there's nothing wrong with that either, right? Like they, they it might not be my right, but it's also not wrong. Um, and so hopefully they can play with people who share the same relationship model. Um, so yeah, I think it's the most important thing is identifying of what is unhealthy so that before, you take a hundred steps with that person who's showing the red flags of not being monogamous um, when you want monogamy, of being inconsistent and you feel the chemistry because you're going to still feel the chemistry. It's not like suddenly you'll stop feeling it. Mm -hmm. I still feel chemistry with unavailable hot DJs, which was my thing in all of my Uh twenties. But what's different now is with awareness, I choose to not go down a black hole with that person. It's a choice. It's just, yeah. It starts with one date or totally. like one experience. I love that you said that. Like, don't go on the one, don't have the one experience. Just, just don't yeah, do Yeah, if it. you know the pat. I mean, I don't think I'll ever, but the, the, the guys that I've dated in the past that felt toxic and had these bad patterns, I feel like I can see them from a mile away now. Like, I'm yeah. not going to do, I'm not, that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want somebody that's done the work. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to save and fix somebody yeah. at this point in my life. And I think unhealthy means something different for other people. And like you and I talk about this, like that feeling when you're at work and you can't listen in a meeting, when you're with your girlfriends and you can't focus or be present. Like, I think people are like, they mistake that for some kind of like drama and chemistry, but like, that's a terrible feeling and if you're feeling that and if you're sitting through like a work meeting and you can't check in because every second you're like are they going to text me what's going to go on next you know when is the other shoe going to drop that's a terrible unhealthy thing I think yeah I think and that's a combination of the partner selection um, and also with your own anxiety, right? And so uh, I'm not going to go into attachment theory much, but basically we are we have an attachment system that's developed by the age of two years old. Um, and if you're constantly preoccupied with thoughts of your relationship um, and you fear abandonment or rejection, it's characteristic of someone who has an anxious attachment style. Mm-hmm. And so there are ways and therapy to actually become more secure um, and you, I'm sure you guys are going to get into that in another podcast. I know. Sorry, guys. We're we. It could be a whole episode on its own, which we do plan on doing, hopefully with the guy that wrote the book. But I mean, attachment theory. We've touched on a little bit. We talked about it with Carrie Bradshaw and Mr. Big. You know, this iconic relationship of why they did this dance for a decade. We hate that relationship, by the way, just so we're clear. But what she has the what is it called when you have the anxious, right? Mm-hmm. And then what's He's an avoidant. Right. That's, yep. There it is. Uh, We did an episode called Fuck You, Carrie Bradshaw. It's one of our favorites. Um, And we are going to do episodes about that, also toxic relationships. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. Um, I think it's really interesting. We all talked about this offline before we started, but like there's so many women in like every city, but I was thinking like New York City, that are so successful in every other aspect of their lives. And they're like, why can't I make this work? This Mm -hmm. one thing, this really, because I can can do friendships, I can do exercise, I can do my job, but I can't do this one thing. And I'd love it if you like talked a little bit about that because I think it's just like a deep, dark death hole that we go down. Yeah, I mean, I think I, that was me exactly. Like I was able to kill it in my career and my friend groups. Um, And what happened was as a child, Uh, I developed a root belief system that I am not enough. And so I was always trying to earn the love and approval from my parents. And so this coping mechanism to earn validation 
was great for getting good grades in school, for having multiple jobs, for being an entrepreneur, um, but not so much translating well into love. Mm. And so a lot of these coping mechanisms that successful people have work very well to get you successful in achieving. But again, it goes down to what is the root belief system. And so um, I think it's really important whether you're a trailblazing CEO or a stay-at-home mom or an artist or a young or old is to just examine what is a possible belief systems that's causing these emotional experiences to repeat over and over again? And what are your coping mechanisms? Because it could be very tricky. You could say, oh, fuck guys. I like living best life. I don't need a partner. Uh, I don't need anything. Is that really truly where you're at? And if that is amazing, or is that a coping mechanism because at some point you got so hurt and so disappointed that you're like, I can't even be bothered. So your heart is closed. Mm -hmm. And I know that was for me. I was like, oh, like I'm just living the life and I'm like dating all these guys and life's amazing. My career's going off. Um, But if I, and I even said to myself, like I'm open for a relationship, but my heart was closed. I was so afraid that that same breaking down that happened seven years ago would happen again, that even though I said I was open-minded to be in a relationship, I wasn't because I was constantly going on dates, trying to filter people out. Like, oh, no, not you. No, uh, three dates in, I'm like, oh, notice that, not you. And I thought, I'm like, no, no, I'm just so selective now. I'm so woke. But really, it was my way of guarding against yeah. creating truth intimacy. And the, the, the time this changed was I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who got into a relationship and he, I was like, wow, like you really jumped into this relationship after being a bachelor for so long, what's going on? And he's like, I just decided I'm going to jump in and love her with reckless abandon. And this friend of oh, mine- Sounds like a thing that men do. <laughs> well, the, the, They what's, just decide. <laughs> they just turn the cab light on yeah. and she got in. Yeah. What, what's different with this guy though is he's someone who's done so much self-work. He meditates every day. Like he's just such a, he has such a strong foundation. And so even if this relationship didn't work out, his house wouldn't fall apart. Mm-hmm. He would still be standing. So he could love with reckless abandon. Right. And I looked at that with admiration. I said, I can do that too. Because now with all the tools that I have, with having built my foundation where it's so strong and solid that if I open up my heart and I get hurt or disappointed, I know I can get back up and I can get back up pretty quickly. So I made the decision to open up my heart. And the first guy I did this with, I got hurt. And I remember this quote that I say to the woman at breakup boot camp: our greatest lesson in this lifetime is to practice opening our hearts even when it hurts, especially when it hurts. And I just remember I was so fucking sad and I was like, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to open my heart, which means I'm going to have compassion for him and compassion for myself and I'm going to get back up. And then I met the guy that I'm with now. Can we hear about that? Uh, yeah. I'm just sure people are curious. How long have you been together? How'd you meet? I yeah. Mean, just kind of the basics. Totally. We're, it's we're, it's you, pretty new. Um, but I had been single for five years before, before, um, this 
wonderful human being. Mm -hmm. And I think what was really different was, um, I don't know if he was responding to my energy or I was responding to his, but um, we just both went in with a really open heart. And after our first date, he deleted his dating apps. Um, I followed suit like a couple weeks afterwards and I could feel my old tendencies kind of creeping in the tendencies to act a little aloof, or maybe I should just go on another date with this person just to hedge. And I don't put all my energy, all the shit that those books teach you, why men marry bitches, all that stuff. And I was like, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. Why would I punish this guy who is showing up, who's consistent, who's in his action and his words, showing me that he's interested in pursuing a relationship. I'm not going to do that. And because of that, it's been really healthy and supportive and secure. And our first date, um, it, it really developed throughout the entire eight hours we were together. Um, when I first met him, I was like, oh my God, I want to rip your clothes off. I was like, oh, like this is interesting and fun. And he's like, oh, do you want to grab a bite? I'm like, sure. We went and had dinner. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Okay, cool. You want to go to the next place? Sure, let's go. Mm-hmm. And it that eight hour date ended up um, over, you know, midnight pizza and a steamy makeout session. And I was like, oh my God, like, I I like this guy. Mm -hmm. And so what I really encourage people out there is be Mm -hmm. open-minded. You know, healthy may not have this crazy intensity in the very beginning. Sometimes things take time to grow. Maybe it's in the course of one day or the course of one week, but just have an open mind um, that love can be sparked in different ways. I agree. We say this all the time. This has been my history with multiple people that I've dated that I, at first I was like, no, absolutely not for whatever reason, whether it was something that was on paper or something with looks, whatever. And they, I hate to say grew on me, but it, the chemistry developed, not months later, I wouldn't wait that out, but not day one. Mm -hmm. And it just, I think all I knew with these past partners was I just want to see them again. Like I just want to hang out with them. That's the only thing I don't feel obligated. I just feel excited to see them again for whatever reason. They made me laugh. They felt comfortable with, with me at none of the people that I had long-term successful relationships with were tear your clothes off minute one. So that's been my track record. And now we try to, we, you know, if you know, you know, if you're you're like, absolutely not, I do not want to see that person again, then don't see them again. But I think that the litmus test for me is like, do I, am I excited to hang out again? Yeah. Am I excited to go get that slice of pizza mm-hmm. at midnight after, you know, I just think that's, I it's like just as simple test. as that. Cool. I also think there's nothing wrong with saying like, uh, there's two things in the world I want a partner and they're not going to do one of those things. Then I'm going to walk away from this. I don't think it's, there's nothing wrong with being at a certain age and being like, you know what? I've been through enough relationships. I understand what is a serious deal breaker for me and also walking away. Totally. But like, I love your limits test of just like, I'm excited to show back up again. Yeah. Um, so I want to get into a little bit more of what you guys do at breakup boot camp, And it sounds to me and tell me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but that, after the initial pain and kind of reframing the relationship and what was facts and what was feelings for you and for us, it is like build this life that build your foundation and your career and whatever it is outside of a partner. So you're whole for lack of a better word, when the person comes along again, for lack of a better word, but that's what, what I think you get over the heartbreak, you reframe the relationship and then it is, let me make my life great for me and outside of a partner. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of the people who come to Renew Breakup Bootcamp, um, they have an anxious attachment style. So they have put a lot of their identity mm-hmm. into the validation from their partner. Find my identity. That's you nailed it. That's the, what I was trying to get to with all yeah. those bumble. <laughs> I'm like I'm bumbling at it. You're like find your identity, right? Wh- whatever it may be. Yeah. Can you talk about what breakup? I feel like we've been talking yes. like what is oh breakup bootcamp? Okay. So, um, <laughs> uh, so Renew Breakup Bootcamp, we take a scientific and spiritual approach to healing and rewiring the heart. I bring in a team of 14 experts ranging from psychologists, hypnotists, energy healers. I even bring in a dominatrix with a PhD from Berkeley who specializes in the psychology of power dynamics. Okay, we want to get We're going to have them on the podcast. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just say, can I just say what I'm picturing the, where, and you tell me if I'm wrong, what is the couple's retreat? Have you seen that movie? Like, why am I picturing you guys all like, oh, I'm, with them. I'm, I'm picturing like that episode of girls where she goes into the woods with her mom. Okay, we're picturing two different things. I'm picturing couples retreat and everybody's at this island and like Paul Rudd is teaching you how to surf. Like I just... (laughs) It's fun, but it's definitely a lot more scientific. Uh, And it's only women. So... as it should be, yeah. yeah. And do you do them at different locations or is it the same location all the time? It's like a spa retreat, right? Yeah, so it's a private estate in upstate New York and Hudson and I'm going to be expanding into California. Yay, congrats. Oh yeah, that's a totally West Coast thing. They'll eat it up. And how how many of you done? at this so I have done 11 retreats now and it's pretty intense it's four days 8 30 to 12 o'clock midnight you're in programming hour after hour and we design it this way to really overstimulate you because we're trying to really create a shake-up of the decades of patterns that people have um, so that we can actually create an opening for new seeds to implant in I mean, I don't even want to ask. When's your next one? All these girls are going to sign up like right immediately. I know. You should do a couple more. Just add. <laughs> how did you find this? So you're like, okay, I'm going to do this retreat. Like, how do I find 14 people to speak? Like, how did you do that? I'm so curious. Yeah. I mean, it started off with me just realizing there's a need because when I went through my breakup, I went to yoga retreats, which were great. But by the second I got back into my apartment, I was still dealing with the same thing. Totally. And there was nothing that was targeted to the type of pain that I was going through and the type of healing that I needed. And so I decided that I wanted to create a safe space in nature uh, where everyone's sleeping under one roof, where there's a nostalgia of being at home when you were young. And you have the best of the best experts teaching you about what's going on in the mind, the body, the soul. Um, So we even have um, an on-site chef and nutritionist who cooks all of our meals because everything is interconnected. Mm-hmm, and for sure. I stay start- hydrated, ladies. Stay hydrated totally through those breakups. And hydrated. Don't get dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like the is way- drinking? There's no drinking. There's uh, It's curious. completely okay. alcohol and drug free Got and it. digital free actually. Okay. So no phones, no alcohol, no Yeah. Marijuana. We actually even have a bucket for people to put their phones in um, and they get rewarded with extra cake if they- do it's cake. Okay. Well, there's gluten free cake, of course. And okay. how many people will be in one retreat? 20 participants, 14 facilitators. Is it all women? All women. Okay. All women. Um, I love that you said that because I, and nothing against yoga retreats. That's, that's incredible. But yeah, you come back and you're like, well, all I know how to do is yoga. So I'm just going to do yoga. Like, I love that, like, someone would come back from this retreat and they know how to, think differently. I know that feeling when you walk in the door and you Mm -hmm. hear that door click and you are alone. Yeah. It is the worst feeling Mm -hmm. because you're like, I did this thing and I should feel great. 
but the door just shut and I'm alone. And mm-hmm. I have no new tools to deal right. with this at yeah. all. Yeah. And then there's a community f- that forms because the women get really, of really course. close and That's they incredible. end up going on vacations together. I had one retreat where they like left and they got tattoos together. It's, and there's a WhatsApp group where they're constantly on it. Like someone's going on a new date. They're like, okay, I'm trying a date with this like really nice guy. And like, she's on date Aww. three and it's going really well. And we're so happy for her. Um, to like today, like someone's going through an anxiety because her ex is, you know, dating someone else and everyone kind of jumps in and helps. Um, and then we have monthly meetups where we have an ongoing conversation about healthy relationships. Can we come talk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we speak come. there? Come. I don't know if you have speakers, but I'm just going to invite myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we just, actually, I just want to hang out with you. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, I want to go back to finding your identity. Mm. And I, I think for some people, it can be starting a breakup boot camp or starting a podcast. Like, you know, that's our story, but... Yeah, and I say it all the time. Like, when my ex left me, my fiance left me, all I ever... My job was fine. My life was fine. I never traveled anywhere and I had no hobbies, but my life was fine. He left me... And before that, all I, my identity was to be a wife and a mother. Like we were going to get married. I was going to have children. That was my life. I was going to have like a normal nine to five. And he took that away from me. And all of a sudden I was like, what do I, I have nothing left. Like, who am I? What am I? What have I done? And so, yeah, like how do you redefine that identity? Yeah, great question. I think we kind of all have a very similar story where this plan that we thought we were going to have suddenly is like ripped out from underneath us. And in the beginning, it's super scary because you're like, well, that's the only plan I knew. Um, But I think if you look back at other times when a plan didn't work out, whether you got laid off from a job and you got a better job or a breakup led you to better relationships, we have a history of things not working out for something better, a better fit to come along. And so there's a little bit of trust in the process. I've now had so many times where something didn't go right because something better came along that I just now know like, oh, this didn't work out. I know something better is coming. I've just reframed my relationship with Mm -hmm. perceived disappointment. Um, And second, I think just what, what lesson were you supposed to learn? Most of the women who come to Renew, they say something very similar and they say, I feel like the rug has been ripped out from underneath me. Mm -hmm. The question is, why was this person the foundation and the floor that you were standing on? Why that rug? Yeah. Exactly. And so the boot camp is really about getting to the bottom of that and those belief systems that is causing your foundation to be so shaky. And the goal is that we give them enough tools um, and start helping them reframe their subconscious beliefs so that when they leave, they actually can start practicing another way of being so that they can build a healthier relationship with themselves. And then as a bonus, then they can have healthier relationships with other people, but it's about building your own foundation. So it's not going to be ripped out from underneath you because you got laid off or because this guy dumped you. Right. And then is, is Renew Breakup Bootcamp? Is that just the official name? Yes. Okay. Cause we've said both things. Okay. Just making sure. Do you help people try to figure that out or is that just, is it just, you kind of get them started on that? Yeah. Like, are, so, you, are you like, what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> you we also know? have life coaches there. Okay. Um, so there's a bunch of different private sessions that people can sign up for depending on what, uh, area they want to work on. So whether it's life coach, whether it's um, sexual education with a, t- a tantra coach, uh, whether it's learning about power with a dominatrix, whether it's um, a psychic medium, we have different private sessions for them. Okay. Wow. People can th- sign up for different things. Yeah. Sorry. And you. everybody's different. I mean, we've, we've, we've beat this to death on all of our other episodes. For me, it was like 
I moved to New York City and I knew I knew I wanted to do more comedy and eventually start this podcast. Raina went to culinary school and she took up photography and she just started pursuing these things that uh, tra- you traveled a lot. Yeah, you know, I think I, it's I think it's different. all the things that I just like wasn't doing. I was mm-hmm. like, what do I have left? Absolutely. Like Ashley changed her whole life. She moved mm-hmm. to a new city and. Yeah, I don't need to repeat. And solidifying, I guess, relationships too. And I moved closer to my family, but I've never been closer with my family. Like Mm -hmm. they are just the most important thing in my life. And you've said, you know, when you were with your ex-fiance, you lost touch with a lot of friends. And now, I mean, you have more girlfriends than anybody I know, aside from me. And I just think it's (laughs) part of it's that too, right? Yeah. Well, I let the relationship just be my whole life. And there's nothing, fine, do that if you want to do that. But like, I didn't foster friendships. I didn't make an effort to go out to dinner with other girlfriends when he was be when he would be late at work or something. I just stayed at home. I he didn't really have the money to travel. I didn't travel. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the money to like take hobbies up and take classes. I just didn't take classes. Yeah. And I just let that be okay. Mm-hmm. And like I that's fine. I was young. Nobody told me to build a life I was proud of, you know? <laughs> right. I was nobody <laughs> told me. <laughs> like society just tells you to be a wife and a mother. Right. Like, and I mean, my it's... mother never told me to be my mother, my my parents divorced when I was four years old and I had very loving, supportive parents like Ashley, but they were not together in my home. So Mm -hmm. my mom said like, God forbid a man leaves you, have a job you can fall back on. But that's all. That's Mm -hmm. what I grew up on. Have money, but not like, my mom wasn't like, make sure you go to Columbia and Peru. You know, nobody told me that. Yeah. Not yeah. college at Columbia. Columbia. I know. I was like, what? No. <laughs> You're not getting an Ivy League. No offense. Neither am I. No. I barely got into Indiana. <laughs> I think you raise a great point is um, we like, so one of the exercises we do is looking at your pie and it sounds like your pie was filled with relationship, relationship, relationship. So if you look at a pie and like you divide that up into different slices of how much energy and time you're spending on relationship, on self-care, on play, on um, education, on on work. Um, Often I know with the women at Renew, that pie is very skewed. The slice of the pie reserved for relationship is usually 60%, maybe even 70%. Mm. And that happens often slowly. You can start off with, I'm an independent, empowered woman. And then you're like, well, he travels a lot for work. So I just have to leave, leave my weekends open in case he's free. Decision after decision, limit after limit that you breach. Like, oh, I just won't see my friends this weekend because... Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point where suddenly it's just all relationship. And that pie went set, like went from you being independent woman who's doing soul cycle and like doing like women's brunches to like 70% me and him. Yeah. And you're like, how the fuck did I get here? Why do I feel so disempowered? And so I think a great exercise for anyone listening is write down your pie. How does that look like right now? Is it balanced? Is it you know, 70% relationship? Is it no relationship at all? Um, And then write another pie, draw another pie. And what is a more balanced, healthy pie that you can strive for? And if you're in a relationship now, just making sure you look at it to like remind yourself like, oh, you know what? I got to add more self-care. I have to add more community. Or if you have a tendency to be codependent and wanting to merge with your partner, um, creating a pie and reminding yourself to not do that because you want to keep a balance. Well, and nobody wants a partner that they're the whole pie. I mean, maybe some controlling men, but I think for the most part, healthy partners don't want to be your whole pie. And I think that's we 
think that people can pick up on that. And that's not just specific to women. I don't want someone that's super needy and I don't want to feel like I'm someone's whole world. And if, and if we break up, their life's going to be over. So I think it's for that too. It's just mm-hmm. to attract the right type of partner. And totally. I think if you back yourself into that corner, you're suddenly in a situation where like you have to accept everything that person's doing because totally. what do you have left? What would you mm-hmm. do without it? Yeah. yeah. We had another guest on, um, Lindsay, Lindsay Metzler from a podcast called We Met at Acne. Yeah, I was on it. Oh, you are? Oh, you okay. are. Um, and she just said, when you think about if you broke up with this person, what would you have? <laughs> if it's nothing, that yeah. ain't good. <laughs> yeah, mic drop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you feel like, we don't want you to give away your whole breakup bootcamp. We want people <laughs> to go, but any other just unique tools about getting through breakups that you want to share, whether they're related to Renew or not? Yeah. So I think uh, one thing that could be very helpful for anyone who's trying to let something go is actually creating a ritual and a rite of passage around it. Um, When you're going through a breakup, uh, there's a part that's dying, right? There's this old relationship that's dying and, and you're making space for the new. And so honor that, have respect in the ritual of that. And what we do at Renew is um, on one of the nights we have them write a letter and it's that same letter that I wrote uh, to my ex many, many years ago. And in that letter, write down what happened, the facts of what happened not your interpretation. Then write down your own accountability in what happened because it takes two people to be in a relationship and it's not all, he's an asshole, she's a bitch. It's not all that. Mm -hmm. And then take a look and and see what is it that you learned? What did you learn about yourself? Um, There's such great lessons that our relationships teach us, that pain teaches us. Find those lessons. And then write down what you're letting go. Write down what you are forgiving. And then write down what you're grateful for. Maybe that was the push you needed to um, leave your hometown, to start investing into your friendships again, to realize that too much of your identity was wrapped up in one other person. And feel the gratitude of that and thank that person for helping you learn all of that. And after that, take that letter and burn it. And if you need to repeat this process multiple times, I've had women at Renew who after the bootcamp have done it multiple times, go and do that. But it's very cathartic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or, or Ashley do, said, or do stand up comedy. Right. I can't recommend it enough. Absolutely, <laughs> every if you're fucked up, just get on get on stage. Um, <laughs> Ashley said this thing. Um, we have another one of our like best episodes was about how to get over a breakup. Like right now, and Ashley said like just make the pros and cons list, like physically sit down. And like, if the only thing in the cons column is he didn't love me the way that I deserve to be loved. And I just like love that you said that. And it still like resonates with me like 50 episodes ago. Mm -hmm. If that's the only thing in the cons column, like do that, write that Mm -hmm. list and like, look at that all the time. And so, I mean, you say light it on fire. You don't have to light it on fire. Yes. And I think the pros and the cons list is a little different. Yours is more like reflecting the relationship and the good that came out of it. But I think the pros and the cons list is before that. It's just like in the moment, get this on writing. Mm. This was not the person for me. Mm-hmm. And this is how they made me feel. Mm-hmm. And this is why they weren't the person for me. And I, I just have to say, I don't know a woman out here 
I mean, most of my friends are really love their lives and they're successful and they're where they want to be. No one has ever like, I still wish I was with my ex or the breakup was, is still the worst thing that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. Like I, we have all been through terrible breakups, all me and all of my girlfriends. And I think everybody reflects on it as like, yeah, that was supposed to happen. And I'm so glad it did. And I can imagine being with that person and here's what it taught me and here's what it did for my life overall. Yeah. I mean, you only don't get to that realization when you just keep trying to hang on to the relationship by hanging on to the pain and not accepting reality. Right. And it's, it's easier said than done, but if that person doesn't want to be with you, you shouldn't want to be with them. Yeah. You deserve somebody that wants to be with you. That's what a relationship is. Yeah. Two people choosing to be Mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was amazing. Really, I'm thrilled with this episode. I know. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, We, any other closing remarks? I want her to like tell people where they can find her. I don't, I do have one thing. Okay. Okay. All right. So the last thing I want to leave you with is um, sometimes we create a relationship in our heads And so what this means is you might go on a few dates with someone and it starts off pretty level. They like you, I like them. And then you start daydreaming about the person and they said they wanted to retire in Bali one day and you wanted to retire in Bali one day and you're like, your soulmate bell start ringing. And so in between you're you're creating this fantasy and you're replaying the fantasy and it feels so good. And your body actually can't tell the difference between what's happened in the past, the present, and the future. So that's why when you keep telling the same re-traumatizing story of what happened with a past breakup and catching infidelity, you can be flooded with tears because your body's actually creating stress hormones. Well, the same thing's happening when you are creating a fantasy about someone. I coined this future tripping. And so um, it's... It's creating all these feelings of the chemicals of dopamine and all these feel good chemicals. And suddenly what's happening is your feelings skyrocket for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you might go on a few more dates and suddenly something feels off. The power dynamic is a bit off. And then you're clamoring for their attention. You want more. You might feel needy. And then it falls apart. And then you're like completely heartbroken. Um This is a very common thing that happens at Renew uh, with the women who tell their stories where they were in these relationships and in their head, they were married and had children and retired in Bali like five times already. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the head of the person they were dating, they went on a few dates, had some good sex and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so if you have a tendency to do this and if you have a tendency to meet someone, get really excited and suddenly you're feeling skyrocket, what I would suggest to you is to do what's called the stop sign exercise. And what this is, is whether you're ruminating about the past and creating anxiety or you're future tripping about a future that hasn't happened. um, Imagine, close your eyes, imagine a big red stop sign and then say the word stop. And then look around you and just start to look for everything you're grateful for and just be like, oh, I'm grateful for the beautiful sky right now. I'm beautiful for the rain. I'm beautiful. I'm I'm sorry. I'm grateful for this cute dog and just keep going because what that's going to do is it's going to distract your mind from the original thought. And eventually, if you keep practicing this, the first few times that might be hard, you'll be like, this doesn't work. But eventually what happens is you're able to train your mind to actually just go off into this whole gratitude thing, which makes you present. Um, and then you forget the original thought and it stops you from creating these fantasy relationships with people in your head. 
I love that you said that. I also think sometimes it's you need something else going on in your life. Like I have found that when I wasn't as busy and I wasn't trying to run a business, I would have more time to fantasize and make up these scenarios in my head and (laughs) imagine this life with this person. And when you are busy and fulfilled and killing it in life and doing other things and you have hobbies and workouts and you have a schedule and you're really living life, you just don't have the time and energy to do that. I think I love that you said visualization for one. Like people are like, what? Visualize a stop sign. like, yeah, it's the thing. Like you like visualize it Mm -hmm. and focus on like gratitude and something else. But even on a bigger schedule, like do you have just a lot of time on your hands to sit around and fantasize? I mean, that's what they, that's what they do in the bachelor. So they put all these girls in a house and they take away all their phones and their magazines and the books and there's no TV. And then they all are fantasizing about this one man. And these women go crazy. They put them in this, uh, bubble basically. And it's designed to do that exact same thing. And that's why you see these women act absolutely batshit insane. Every single woman in that house, not, you know, exception with the few think that's their soulmate. Right. And he's all that they have. And then all they do is sit around all week with nothing but each other to talk about this man. And then he picks them for one date and then they go on this fantasy date. And then they're like, of course that's my future husband. Right. And so it's, it's, I I almost tie it back into that. Like they just didn't have enough to do. Right. Pick up a book. (laughs) Like seriously, if you're just, if you're picturing your life with this guy, you went on three dates with pick up a fucking book. Put on Lizzo. Just do something else. I like your gratitude exercise, but or anything else. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just I just know this because I used to do this. Yeah, I, I, ta- I talk about a guy that I dated when I was uh thought I was super in love with when I was 25 and I had this low-paying job in PR. I was like, whatever, and I'll probably just like marry this guy. I love him and we're great. And that's that. And it's just like, no. Thank God we broke up. <laughs> But I would sit around and do this thing of like, well, his job is perfect. And then I'm just going to move to Charleston and we're going to do this thing. And it's like, this guy's not thinking about me like this. That's so true though. Like you don't realize that in your mind, you've lived out the whole relationship and that person has literally just been on a couple dates with you. They have no clue. Like you're like, we were dating, we (laughs) dated. Like they literally have no idea that you are in a marriage with them. (laughs) I know. It's fun. It's fun sometimes to sit around and fantasize, but put put the kibosh on it as I pick up a book. I actually cannot stress this enough. (laughs) Please pick up a book. Guys, we have a uh, friends. They have a great podcast called bad on paper. Lots of book recommendations. Grace Atwood and Becca Freeman. We want to shout them out. Listen to their podcast. Get some book recommendations. Do literally anything else. (laughs) Come to our shows. Yes. Can't recommend going to comedy enough. Go out, see a comedy show. See Ashley do stand up. (laughs) Come see me guys. Come see me tell jokes about all of my exes. Uh, it's cathartic. It's my therapy. Uh, okay. I don't thank you for you leaving us leave. with that. I love you. Yeah. Thank you for interjecting that. That's really beautiful. We want people to be able to find you and find Renew Breakup Bootcamp. So where can they find your website, your Instagram? Yeah. Send all you your DMs. Cool. You're going to get so many DMs. Stay as long as you want. Just keep talking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you you want to live here with us. <laughs> you live here now. <laughs> Do you like Dewey? Are you vibing with him? Because you're his new roommate. <laughs> uh, so my website is renewbreakupbootcamp.com and my relationship blog is justmytype.ca because I'm a Canadian. And on Instagram, you can find me at Miss Amy Chan, M-I-S-S-A-M-Y-C-H-A-N. And my book is coming out next year. Okay, amazing. Yes. Oh, also, Amy, what's your sign? I'm an Aquarius. Okay. I feel I like know. I, I feel like, you talk forever. I feel like I don't know a lot about them. Do you feel like you're an Aquarius? I don't know a lot about them either. 
I got. I'm, I got to stop. I'm just like, please stay. Talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on God? <laughs> Amy, so tell me, what was it like the day you were born? Uh, let's start there. Let's just start there. What are your um, political beliefs? Yeah. What, what, what was the sun and the moon and like when you're you're an Aquarius? But what is your rising sign? Okay. So we got. <laughs> we are gonna say goodbye to Amy. This has been so incredible. You guys stick around. We're gonna do a short little segment. Just just the two of us and. Uh, it's a fun one. It's a new one. So um, see you in a few. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, we're back with Raina's new favorite segment. It's my, I want to do a whole bonus episode only about this. Like, it's so hard <laughs> for me to just contain it to a small segment. Anyways, um, we did this beautiful segment called How I Knew It Was Real. We've done it with friendship and with um, romantic relationships. Uh, and you guys have sent us the sweetest, most wonderful um, stories. So anyways, because this is an episode about healing from a breakup, one of you sent us this thing that said, I want to read it. Do, yeah, you should read it. One of you, one of you should do an episode, a, a segment about how I knew it wasn't real. Did you send us one? Yeah, she, I want to. I want to give her credit. So give me one sec. Okay, Ashley's gonna find it. In the meantime, um, you guys flooded us with the funniest stuff I've ever heard in my life. Just really funny anecdotes, like one-liners. So, okay, I found the DM. We have a DM. I think her name's Lee. And she said, can we, she says, we, can we do a segment? (laughs) Can we do a segment called, I knew he wasn't the one when, let me start. All caps. I knew he wasn't the one when he called edamame lima beans. Fucking lima beans in your poke bowl. Really? Sorry, I'm tipsy thinking about all my failed relationships. So (laughs) thank you, Lee. We mixed it up a little. We're going to just call it how I knew it wasn't real. Right. As just like the opposite of the old episode. I can't talk today. I'm I'm too excited. Uh, (laughs) So you guys emailed us. You responded to um, our Instagram story. What do you want to start with? You want to to hit me with an email or you want me to hit you with some of the Instagram stories? Oh, yeah. So Raina's reading the short ones you guys put on our Instagram story. I'm going to read a few of the emails. Um, You can start with one. Um, He asked me if I'd be down for a threesome with him and his sister. No. Yep. Come on. They had a family kink or some shit. No. Yep. All right. Well, I have a family one too. Oh, God. This one is insane, Raina. They're all insane. It's my favorite. I knew it wasn't real when he confronted me after taking secret audio recordings when my dad visited our apartment, saying it sounded like we were having an incestuous relationship. What? Cherry on the cake. There's a lot to unpack here. Cherry on the cake, which that's something you would say. That is not the right term. The cherry on the cake, the cherry on the cake or icing on the cake. If you guys have heard of that saying is he said it was okay. If we were, he just wanted the truth. What? I've never ran so fast. Lease broken. They live together. Also, they're there in Vancouver. Missy Vancouver. We love you. He was filming her unknowingly. Recording her. While her dad was there, accused her of wanting to fuck her own dad. I mean, what? What? That is wild. I we. What are, would you do if somebody was secretly recording you? What does that even mean? That happened to me. Where did you? What? I'm not gonna tell the story. I had an ex of mine that were like was like recorded us like when we were having a fight one time because he just wanted to be like you're the reason we fight. It's wild. Oh, you did. Oh, you told me that. Yeah. Secretly recording conversations with you and your family. That's like, crazy. I mean, I could see myself doing that, fighting with my mom and like recording her and being like, "This is what you sound like." Right. But okay, what? were her and her dad talking about. <laughs> like, I know, like, I, listen, I know there's two sides to every story and I'm, I'm so right. Like I just, maybe like, 
I'm sure this dude, this dude is in the wrong also. This is, this is crazy, but hey girl, just, are you and your dad close? We just want to know. Why did he feel inclined to do this? I mean, my dad and I talk every day. There is nothing that could be misconstrued as me wanting to fuck my dad. You think she was calling him daddy? Even, I call my dad daddy sometimes. <laughs> oh my God. It's so crazy. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I have two also, back to we, back. we, we want to come back to Vancouver. We love the city so much. So, uh, Hey girl, we'll get, we'll, we'll get you up on stage to tell the whole story. Please. Come back. More questions. Okay. I have two back to back, really funny short ones. First one. He said he was British and showed up on the date. He was from <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> How are how are you out here telling somebody a, a fact about yourselves? They're going to know within 10 seconds of meeting well, you. Here's the thing. Kate was born in England. She's dual citizenship. Okay. She isn't telling people she's British because <laughs> she has no accent and she is American. <laughs> so, like, Kate is technically British, born in the UK. He's from Iowa. Like, I feel like he that's what that guy to- meant. I'm, I'm sure maybe that's his story, but it's like, it doesn't matter, dude. If you don't have the accent, don't say you're British because I'm expecting something different. Right. You grew up on a cornfield. Just be open about it. And, and then this guy Texas. is also probably from Iowa. When he pulled out his Bible and started reading it to us out loud, I love you, Jesus, but not that much. Oh my God. <laughs> reading excerpts from the Bible. Bye. Bye. Okay. We went to the movies and there was a trailer for the new Terminator movie with two female leads. And this man turned to me and said, they're only making this movie to promote lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) Promote lesbians. (laughs) I don't know. How about promoting women in movie leads? No, that guy also, you said this about somebody else the other day. It made me laugh so hard. That guy also was like, being gay isn't real. (laughs) (laughs) Being gay is a choice. (laughs) That is crazy. I feel like I would just know in that moment, like you're not my person. Oh my God. We don't think about the world the same way, buddy. Yeah. I'm, I got a really good one for you and I lost it. Do you want me to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. My ex and I were grocery shopping for my apartment and I went with my go-to Dave's killer wheat bread. He literally flipped out about how expensive it was and how it was a waste of money and that I won't be allowed to buy that when we eventually live together. He Future says plans. it's the same as the 99 cent wonder bread. Instantly I thought, well, this is never going to fucking work and I will never live with you. This is now on the, ins- the going, this is now the going inside joke with my mom and my aunt till the day I die. Can you imagine a guy bread shaming you? I'm well, sorry. The that, type of bread that, that I ordered. That, that I, good wheat no. bread is not the same as Wonder Bread. I would, I know that, I don't know if everybody's gonna think this is funny, but this is a real thing. Like on a serious level, if I was with a guy and I was like buying a nice bread and he was like, you're not gonna buy that shit when we would live together. We're buying 99 cent Wonder Bread. I'd be like, peace. <laughs> I'm not building my sandwiches. What What do they say in the office? Sandwiches are the, bread is the, paper that you write your sandwiches on sounds like a joey from friends thing too it's in, it's in the office um that's yeah we don't shop the same way yeah sorry bye um okay he sat up in bed and asked for his wawa and she wrote goodbye like water yeah like because, he's baby talking her how do you feel about baby talk no. how do i feel about baby talk i dare i got a baby talk in my presence are you kidding me that is a boner killer like no. Um, I'll, I'm just going to like speed read through these four for I you. Mean, oh, hold on. There's like, I think there's a, if you're cute with some of your dating, like pet names and stuff, but like, can I have my Wawa? Also, like I read that as Wawa, like my favorite. I know you did. You got excited. It's not that. Um, I also feel like this behavior just would never last with me because I'll roast you so hard. You never yeah. do it again. Okay. I'm just going to hit you with four in a row because these all just made me laugh because they're all so ridiculous and, and petty and I love it. Go for it. Yeah. He said he doesn't like leftovers. 
He brought pajamas to sleep over. <laughs> he said to me, I hate all Christmas decorations. <laughs> Didn't like charcuterie boards. Oh, <laughs> my God. There is crazy Listen, I'll date there. a guy that can't pronounce charcuterie board, but not a guy that doesn't like them. Do you remember Marie Foss and charcuterie? <laughs> charcuterie <laughs> is the cutest word I've ever heard. I love her. She kept saying charcuterie. charcuterie. I was like, I love you. Um, okay. Like, what kind of pajamas? Are they, like, matching? No. I never had a guy. Okay, one time I had a guy bring clothing to sleep in because we planned to have, like, a shitbag Sunday where we're just going to sit yeah. on the couch all day and get drunk and he was going to sleep over. So he yeah. brought a bag. Right. But otherwise, like, why are we packing a bag? You should be naked. We should go to sleep naked. I know. But it depends. I mean, I don't know. You're coming from work. You're wearing jeans or your work outfit. You want to have your lounge clothes. Well, I don't hate it. depends how far into the relationship you are. If it's assumed you're coming over and you're sleeping here, I don't think it's that crazy. I have a guy that stole a sweatshirt of mine one time. I never got it back? No, I never got it back because Matt gave me like an old sweatshirt of his. It says Delaware. It was a 3X. Didn't fit him. Too small. And an ex <laughs> mine wore it. Think about that sweatshirt every day. Now I know how guys feel when, when we steal, steal their clothes. I know. It, I know. it stings. It was a 3X. <laughs> your brother is Well, my brother best. was 3X tall. It wasn't tall. All right, guys. Well, welcome to your first two-hour episode. <laughs> Ashley's like, over my dead body will be two hours. This is one of my favorite episodes of all time. I'm just going to say it now. Thank you guys so much. We wish this game could have been longer, but we have so many more to read. We'll do it next week or something. We still have Foods Over Dudes to do. Don't worry. If you submitted your Foods Over Dudes, we'll get to them. We have so so much fun game content coming soon. Hope you guys like this episode. It's one of my favorites. I hope you guys love it. Tell your friends. Please tell all your friends about our show. Yeah, <laughs> the way your your face is like, you better fucking bitches. But like, be the friend that shows the other friends cool stuff to do. Yeah, subscribe, rate, review, girlsgotteatpodcast.com or stupid live shows for our stupid live shows. Girls Got Eat Podcast on Instagram, newly verified. Reina.greenberg on Instagram, Ash Hess on Instagram, and girls underscore gotta eat on Twitter. And we'll see you next week. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye. 